Hello, welcome to the Whenever It Coots podcast, where my mum, Jessie, gave. She's talking about Beyblades, Beyblades today. They're joking, but I love them. And I'm Margaret, very silly. I'm a monkey. Well, my, my bad. I saw I'm funny. Oh, and welcome to Whenever It Coots podcast. She's doing Oh, and oh, she's talking, actually, she's talking about um, princesses. I'm just joking, kidding. Um, just joking. She, she's actually going to talk about her pregnancy. She's having a new baby. <laughs> baby, like you all know, I think. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know much about this. Um, who cares? Um, bye. I hope you enjoy it. Bye. Hope you enjoy it anyway. Bye. Thorny Brown, best ever. I have attempted to start this podcast about five times. I even recorded about 45 minutes of one a couple of days ago. And I decided I was too negative to release it into the public domain. So this is me trying very hard to be upbeat and positive and not bitchy. I'm going to try and not be a bitch in this podcast. Because I went a bit overboard in in the attempts um, about Instagram and things like that, and I I've decided I'm just I I've set myself a new regime. My 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 plan is to have a curfew on my phone when the kids go to bed, and not look at it after eight pm. Which is which isn't doesn't isn't not even that extreme, but I think if you get into a habit of um, looking at other people and how well they're doing everything in their lives in the evenings, it can set, send you to bed feeling quite miserable about how well you're doing your own life, especially when it comes to motherhood. And I do feel quite like I've been doing things quite badly lately. I think this also might be a side effect of Alfie being on tour. He's away. I'm on my own more than usual. Um, I'm getting a lot of help from my mom and my sister, but at the same time, it does mean the evenings are little different because I feel like I'm just this night guard for my children and um, I don't know what the right thing to do is. I don't know whether to be really disciplined and let, make sure they go to bed at the right time or do I be selfish and let them stay up with me and watch Pam and Tommy? You know, what do I do? What's the right thing to do as a parent? Um, so I, I've been trying to read more in the evenings. Now, when you have a newborn baby, Reading does become something that, I, well, I find it goes out the window because breastfeeding isn't really a job you can do one-handed, I found. So, um, and I read a lot less with each newborn. So I'm trying to get in as much reading as possible before this baby comes. Um, and I, yeah, I'm not really enjoying anything I'm reading, but I'm persisting. Um, I'm finding everything quite difficult to enjoy right now. I think physically I'm quite uncomfortable. I'm not really enjoying food. I'm not really enjoying, uh, like I'm, I'm finding it difficult to move around. I'm out of breath a lot. I've been a bit sick for the last couple of weeks, which hasn't been ideal. Um, and yeah, it actually culminated in me going into hospital which was quite scary. You know when you sh- you know when you think should I go in? Do I need to go in or am I being hypochondriac or is this just my head or you know is this is, am I going to waste their time by going in and by going in I mean to the um triage 
Now, triage isn't called triage at UCH. It's called like the maternity assessment unit. But where I went before, it was the triage. And the triage there was two beds. So you ended up waiting for ages when you when you went in. And that put me off going in, which is stupid. You know, you should always feel like you should, if you have a reason to go in, just go in. Um, I haven't been back to the maternity assessment unit since Margot, where I actually ended up going in and then immediately going out to the labor ward, which I explained in the, uh, the birth podcast with Margot, episode two. Um, so going back to the maternity assessment unit this week was a little bit, weird and I, I I lost my bearings really in the hospital and I didn't know if I was it was right to go in what had happened is I had I'd, I'd suddenly developed a sharp stabbing pain in my right side and I was I was I was recovering from being sick and I didn't know if it, that was related because it was kind of gastro issues and stuff and I didn't know whether that was just a I didn't know what the pain was and it felt a little bit like really painful gas but I tried moving around and stretching and nothing kind of was alleviating this and so I thought this isn't gas and actually um each time I had been in labor this had been a similar pain so something was scaring me and my mum as usual the second I told her was she was basically ordering me to go in so I did it was a very strange experience going in because I I was monitored in the same room as another lady. So it was just a thin curtain separating us. And you're put on the CTG monitoring with the straps. And they're to monitor the heartbeat of you and the baby and how many times it's kicking. Because I also thought I had reduced fetal movement, which very quickly it turned out I didn't because the baby was thumping away. But I could also hear the other baby behind this curtain thumping away. And I found it a bit weird hearing this baby I know that's weird. Like, why, why do I find that strange? But I don't know. I was anxious about my baby and I didn't really want to hear another baby having a great time beyond this curtain. So I don't know. And I, what, what am I expecting? You know, it's not, I, I can't expect a private room. But at the same time, I just, she was having a phone call with her husband and I didn't want to hear about what they were going to have for dinner. Um, and you just have to get ready for all of those experiences again. I think I'm not, I've only just gotten over Ten's birth experience and how many conversations I heard through thin paper curtains when you're in the ward where everybody's suddenly got a newborn baby and you're hearing everything. And you forget how intimate it is. Like I remember when Ten was finally brought down to me and I was in the room. I'd been in a room on my own, which I hated because it meant that I didn't have my baby with me. He was upstairs. But then when I went into the room where I did have him, but I was being monitored. So the, the babies, we were still in like the um, assisted care. I don't know what it was called, but we were in. So there was four of us in the same room with curtains. So we never actually saw each other's faces, but we heard everything that was going on. And within visiting hours, our partners could come. I heard everything the midwives told them about feeding and how much they should be eating. I knew that two of them had a cesareans. One of them, the baby wasn't feeding. Um I knew too much. I, the, the woman next to me was Russian and she was speaking to her father on the phone and she was a single mum and the father was talking to her. You could hear the father even through the phone um, about how they're going to get home and with the COVID restrictions and what the plan is with the new baby on her own. And I just like, I don't know you. I don't want to be hearing everything about your life. I'm, and I also want to hear everything. So please keep talking. 
so yeah, so that's my one thing I, I could advise you on is to just be prepared to hear a lot of information about other people's lives and their babies and their boobs and their their bowel movements and their bleeding. I just expect to hear everything when you go into hospital. <laughs> so I was felt by a midwife. My stomach was felt. They decided that there was nothing wrong. If the pain got worse, I should come back. The baby's movements were fine. Don't worry, basically. It's probably gas. And I was kind of offended when they said that. I said, it's not gas. It's not gas. Went home thinking, okay, maybe, maybe it's gas. But anyway, the next day, the, the pain persisted. And I thought, okay, this is, I should go in. Surely I should go in. I, I didn't want to. I thought maybe I'll just ring. But my mom, again, was very adamant to go in. So I did. I went back in. This time I was had a different midwife. I didn't have to wait very long because it was the middle of the day. And she was quite firm with me about why I was back. And I said, well, I'm back because I was told to come back if the pain doesn't go away. And I think it hasn't moved as much as it usually does. And I thought this was the right thing to do. And she didn't make me feel like it was the wrong thing to do. She was nice. And then almost, almost as a way of her telling me off, she said, well, you're going to have to have a speculum. You're going to have to have a speculum. I said, well, I really, I think I should have a scan. She was like, <laughs> basically laughed that idea off. Yeah, I would not be having a scan. So I prepared myself for the speculum. But the doctor who was looking after me said, we're going to have to actually move across the corridor to have this speculum. So, and I'd already got undressed in front of this midwife. Again, don't expect to ever get undressed on your own in a hospital. Um, I don't, don't give a shit about that kind of thing, though, so that's fine. So I had to cross the corridor with a, a thin, like, sheet covering my bottom half as a conference was going through the hospital of doctors. I was also carrying my dry robe, my, my ridiculous coat. I looked insane. And I felt like I was having like a weird, like weird one night stand type thing where I was escaping. Um, anyway, the speculum was fine. My cervix is fine. Everything is fine uh, as it's seen, you know, as, as far as they can tell. And I still have to be monitored quite closely. Um, but this was embarrassing. Half term is coming up, which is a very... Um, it's a pressurizing time for a parent because you want to make sure your kids have a nice time, but also life doesn't stop for you and you have to also do shit. So I'm trying to balance that by organizing activities in advance because everything gets booked up so quickly, like really organized parents book half term, you know, in October or February. So I have been one of those organized parents a late, a late, I, I only just booked it, but I a few days before this hospital visit, I had booked Legoland for half term. And my kids are really excited about it. We haven't been to Legoland since February 2020, before the pandemic, before I was pregnant with 10. So they're very excited. Uh, I stupidly booked it on a day where Alf, I thought Alfie would be here, but actually he's not. So it looks like I'm going to be going to Legoland alone with two kids, but that's fine. And I won't be able to go on any of the rides because of my bump, but that's fine. They'll have a nice time. They can look at the Lego. They can look at the Lego. And if a nice parent will take them on a ride, they can take them on a ride. Anyway, 
my next scan is booked for my Legoland date. And I, they are very insistent about this date being the next scan. And I said, I really can't make that date. Can you do the next day or the day before? And they said, absolutely not. It has to be that day. And I really said, no, 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 no. I, I, I just can't do that date. I'm sorry. Uh, they asked why. I said, I have an appointment. <laughs> I didn't want to admit I'm going to Legoland and I've spent a hundred pounds on the tickets and I really, I, I, I need to take my kids to Legoland to prove that I'm a good mother. Um, and they didn't ask any more questions. They just kind of silently said, well, it will have to be the following week, but we really don't advise that. And so I don't really know what to do about that dilemma. And I, I am going to, I don't know whether that's going to ruin my Legoland experience by knowing I should actually be in the hospital being scanned, but Whatever. We're going to hope for the best and maybe I'll try going into the hospital midweek to see if I can get a, a, like a cheeky scan somehow. I don't know. Be, I could start crying or something. That's what, That always works for me. So, um, yeah, I think basically if you, if you have anything unusual happen, you should go in because it isn't, it, you have to wait probably uh, like up to an hour. But you essentially can, you can read, you can just get checked, know the baby's kicking, know the baby's, you know, this is like after a certain time in your pregnancy, obviously, like when the baby is kicking and moving around and is able to be monitored. I think triage, you can only go in from when you're 20 something weeks. But I just really think it's a, a, a good habit to get into early on in the pregnancy, just to, just to have an idea about how your baby's doing. Is it, it's your right. You can go in, get checked, go home, feel reassured, watch Pam and Tommy, which is shit, you know, do whatever you want. That's my advice. Uh, so yeah, half term is coming up and I am taking Margot to see Frozen the musical again for the second time. And the first time I took us, we had seats in the gods because I didn't know if it would be good. It was with Alfie and Donnie as well, who I knew didn't really want to go anyway, but I thought it was important for us to go as a family. And it was a fine experience, but it was very high up and very far away. And then Margot loved it so much. I thought it'd be nice for us to have like a, girls night thing and go to see that so that's one thing at least I am doing during half term and Donnie's gonna have a day of Beyblades with Alfie which isn't this that's enough for him Beyblades and burgers and you know PlayStation that it, Donnie is genuinely really looking forward to that so Legoland Beyblades burgers and Frozen the Musical and then the rest of the days I'm just gonna try and let them do nothing and enjoy the three of them at this age as they are in the few weeks before the baby comes and try and embrace every aspect of them as they are right now, because I know everything's going to shift in a few weeks and that's really scary. But, um, you know, this is what we've chosen to do. So we have to be prepared for it and enjoy every moment that we can. Also, I think I'm going to have to get Donnie a haircut because now his hair is is really long. I mean, it, it's, you just, it, you just, it creeps up on you and suddenly he looks like a beautiful girl. And I, I didn't realize I've done this to him because we have this habit of letting him grow it. He doesn't really even like it that long, but we just don't bother to cut it and trim it. And I think because my brothers as a child, they always had long hair. Well, my two younger brothers anyway, they always had such long hair and loved having long hair. And I just, I just don't know. I just don't see the point in cutting boys' hair. And I, up until Donnie was probably about three, I wore, he wore it up in a top knot and he let me put it in plaits and I loved doing his hair. 
and 10 already his hair is a little bit longer and I'm doing it up in little ponytails and he doesn't have a clue that he looks like a very pretty girl and um but Donnie is at the stage now where he does want to trim and we're going to let him have a trim but usually what we do is we just shave it because we can't be bothered to go to a hairdresser and also the last, the only one time we went to a hairdresser with Donnie he it was I don't actually think it was a hairdresser I think it was an accountant that was also a hairdresser and it wasn't it wasn't I don't know what that place was, but it was a lovely old lady cutting his hair and his her son doing accounts in in the background. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know why we did that, but it was the nearest place to us. And that haircut took a long time to grow out. So I think that's why we just got into this habit of either shaving it or letting it run free. But we went to a party the other day and Donnie um, was seeing some friends he hadn't seen in a long time. They were friends from his old school before we moved. And I thought it'd be nice for them to keep that link with him. So took him to see them and none of them recognized him because his hair was so long. And one of the first things the children said to him was, why do you have hair like a girl? And it was crushing. And I wanted to scream and protect him and shield him. And he didn't know what to say. And I just, I felt like such a bad mom. And then I took him swimming and we forgot his swimming hat. Well, I forgot his swimming hat and he doesn't have goggles, which is, I don't know why I haven't bothered to get him goggles. It's so bad of me. And he refused to tie it up with a hair tie. And the swimming teacher told me off and him off and said, you need to tie it back, Donnie, otherwise you can't come in. It's a dangerous thing. You have to tie your hair back or put a swimming hat on. Um, and he refused. He, he No one had a swimming hat spare, basically. And he refused to tie it up and he started crying in front of everybody. I, this was just awful. It was heartbreaking and it's all my fault for letting his hair run free. So I've learned my lesson. And during this half term, we are going to get a haircut, a nice haircut, not like a boy haircut, just a nice, cool haircut. You know, I think that's, that's a good thing to do. The other place I really want to take them to is, um, does anybody know this swimming pool called Coral Reef? I think it's in Guildford. And I used to go quite frequently when I was a child. And it's, um, well, I remember it being just a land of beautiful dreams and slides. And they can't swim properly yet. So I don't know if I actually know if it's safe to take them to Coral Reef. But I think that's another mission we're going to try and go on during half term. So I have high, high hopes. And hopefully the baby doesn't come before then and they can all be realized. Um, I have been reading a little bit more about birth in the last few weeks as I anticipate this birth. And I genuinely don't consider birth until I'm about, I'm like well into the pregnancy. And that's crazy. And I know that for some women, the birth is the reason alone to not get pregnant. Like they can't imagine themselves giving birth. They're scared of it. Um, they've heard awful stories about it. Maybe family members have died from childbirth. Like it's a incredibly, I don't know, it's a really dangerous thing to, to go through. And, um, I, I've just always not really thought about it until it happens. And I think it's because I want the baby so much. I don't even consider the price I have to pay for that and how much pain I might have to go through or, the danger I'm putting myself in to get that outcome of the tiny baby in my arms. And you do forget, 
Like you genuinely forget the pain the second the baby comes out. You might have discomfort and you might have the after effects of birth, but you you don't live day to day. Well, I don't. And I know some women have extreme birth trauma and stuff, but I, I think generally you is a survival mechanism that women do to just, just forget about it so that you'd maybe do it again. And also very few women have told me how painful it is growing up. My mom never really made a big deal about how painful it was. And my mom, I think, was like a proper pro birth person. She gave birth five times, naturally, no, six times actually, naturally, no painkiller. Um, just, I don't think she even had gas and air. She just fucking got them out, all fours. Amazing, amazing. And even my dad was like, she's very good at giving birth. <laughs> so. I kind of, the standard was quite high for me. And I did feel like my mum was there for Margot's birth, which was amazing. And I kept saying to her as I was giving birth, like this, it shouldn't feel like this. It shouldn't, I think I'm dying. I feel like I'm going to break in half. And she was like, no, that's what you're meant to feel. That's what you're meant to feel. That's what you're meant to feel. Um, Which was just such a great thing to hear because it made me less scared. Um, so yeah, I haven't really thought about the, the idea that I'm going to give birth very soon again and how excruciating that's going to be. And women don't really spread how excruciating it is because they don't want to put other women off and scare them. And I don't know if that's the right thing. I don't know if we should be more open about how goddamn awful it is so that it might be a little bit better than you actually expect. Where if, if it's this unknown, I think that, I don't know. I find the unknown more scary than knowing the hardcore facts. So yeah, I'm telling you, it's going to be fucking painful. Okay. It's going to be really bad, but you're going to get through it and it's going to be okay. And that baby will come out. (laughs) Um, I've also been reading up about elective cesareans a little bit more because I don't know, that might be a route I have to go down. I hope not. But, um, and it's nothing, I don't have anything against cesareans, obviously. They're what you need to do. Some women have to have a cesarean, uh, emergency cesareans, you know, like all types of cesareans I'm completely like open to, but it's something I don't want to have to happen, mainly because I'm scared of getting cut open. Um, but I really admire the women who have elective cesareans. That's incredible. That's such organization. And I know that sometimes it's for proper reasons, like they've their, their bodies can't handle birth or they've got a special thing that means that they have to have a cesarean. But women who don't actually physically have to have one and choose to have one, I think that's incredible because it's just saying, look, I know myself. I know I can't do that. So I, I'm going to have a cesarean and you're going to have to accept it. And that's, that's going to be the way I'm going to do it. And it's going to be beautiful. I've got loads of messages about elective cesareans and loads of, all of them have been so positive and saying it was the best thing I ever did. Um, you can, you can organize, you know, the date the baby's going to come out, you know, the time you can have a playlist, you can have someone take a photo, you know, it's, there's so many positives of having cesarean it's just less risky obviously the recovery is a bit more tricky usually but I'm trying to be really open-minded with this pregnancy and not rule anything out just so that if something does get sprung on me like you are having a cesarean 
I'm not going to be totally baffled by that and, and be a bit more susceptible to uh, other ways, I think. I um, I don't know, but I still am hoping for everything to go kind of naturally and it to all happen very naturally. But yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen for me. The other thing that I thought would be funny to talk about was um, given how I just said I'm not going to talk about Instagram or anything, but I'm going to just finish with talking a little bit about naked photos. How do we feel about naked photos? And I mean pregnancy photos. Naked, pre- like if if you are just a just a like a normal person who isn't say like um, Gigi Hajid or um, I can't think of anyone else who's pregnant who's famous. Oh, Rihanna, say Beyonce, say um, who else? Who else has done like amazing naked photos? Pregnant, loads of people. But anyway. I just can't imagine just having a normal Instagram and then just like planting on there a naked photo of me pregnant. I just can't imagine doing that. I'm not like an overtly um, sexy Instagrammer. So I don't, I don't do much in the way of showing my body. So if I suddenly just like posted a naked photo of me pregnant, how would that go down? And why do women do it? And I'm I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. Like I'm completely, I I sometimes like looking at the photos, but I don't understand the logic. <laughs> Why do you need to show everyone your naked body pregnant? Is it because you're just so amazed? We, we want to just kind of show people how amazing it is to physically transform and to see a naked body and how beautiful that can be. Or is it just because you want to show off your naked body? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I'm considering it. And I don't know the best way to go about it. I've got a tripod. I've got like a little thing I can, I've got a ring light, although I don't really like the ring light and the ring light's broken actually. So it's just a stand. Um, you know, do you get someone to come to your house and take the naked photo? Do you get your, do you get your partner to take the naked photo? I, I got very jealous of um, celebrities who had nude photos released. These are not pregnant ones, like just the, their like sexy photos. I got very jealous when they all got released because it immediately planted them in our in our minds as sexual creatures. And I don't ever think I'm seen as one. And I'm jealous of that. So like Jennifer Lawrence's sexy photos, I just, you know, obviously, you know, I looked at only because Alfie, I don't know why. I just looked at them and I got very jealous. So I'm I'm having a similar jealousy with these pregnancy photos of just like, well, yeah, I want to, I want to show off my naked pregnancy body who who can take that photo of me so I tried to get Alfie to take a sexy photo of me um and I always ask in a bit of a demanding way that's kind of not very sexy like just Alfie take a photo you know and it's just not very it's not like the right it's not just an impromptu sexy photo in a sexy moment it's always me very blatantly asking him to take a sexy photo of me when I'm usually doing something very unsexy like having a shower with the shower head way too low down because that's how Donnie likes to have his showers and I look like a giant in the shower or I've got my toothbrush in or like, you know, and I I just think, okay, well, Alfie, just take a photo of me. And I think it's going to come out lovely and just so, um, you know, like a Nan Golden photo, but I just, it just looks obscene. So what do I do? Do I ask Alfie, do we set it all up? Do I like get the ring light? Do we like make the lighting really amazing and get my hair done, get my makeup done? What do we do? Do we do that properly? Or do I just do a real photo of me with my toothbrush in, naked, not by choice, just because I got something on my clothes and I had to get undressed very quickly. 
you know, like, what do we do? Anyway, I would, I, I don't be surprised if you see a naked photo of me, basically, is what I'm saying. You know, this might be in my last pregnancy. I've got a, my body might never be like this again. I'm not saying it's a good body, but I'm just saying, you know, it will never be like this again. So I think I need to do a naked photo and compete with all of you doing the naked photos. The other thing that I find fascinating is women who get to go to people's houses to take photos of families, but like impromptu photos and you hire people. And I've got a load of messages from photographers saying, if you ever want um, a photographer to come to your house and take photos of you and your kids. And part of me is like, yeah, absolutely. I love that. No one's ever taking a photo of me, like beautifully reading them a bedtime story or, you know, cleaning their teeth and doing all the real mother things. Like no one's ever taken, like those, those photos never happen because we're busy doing those things. And my mom has no photos of us doing her doing stuff like that with me because Instagram didn't exist back then. And we didn't need to document our entire lives all the time like we do now. And it's such a strange new thing for us as humans to want to have evidence of every single aspect of our lives and to have proof that we did these things and just mundanely cleaning our kids' teeth or washing their hair or cooking them dinner. And, oh, look how just naturally they will work together, even though as a photographer paid to come to their house. Um, anyway, don't be surprised if you see photos of like that on my Instagram too. Maybe I'm, I'm going to be open to it. I just find it a bit weird and I don't think I will actually do that. Anyway, I don't judge anyone for, for hiring those people. Um, and thank you for your messages if you have offered. I just, I think I would find it too funny, the entire thing. Um, and if anyone's going to take a naked photo of me, it's going to be, you know, Alfie or BB. <laughs> and it will be a really weird photo. And it, it probably won't be anything like I want. And I'll probably get angry with them for taking a bad photo of me, even though it's not them taking a bad photo of me. It's just me being inept at looking serious in a photo. Um, anyway, I've talked for quite a long time now. I hope that I haven't been too bitter. I haven't, I hope I haven't slammed any celebrities. And I thought in the next episode, I would talk a little bit about sex. And this is also a very new, a new thing for me. I don't talk about sex really ever on, in a, in a public setting, but I thought it'd be nice to talk about postpartum sex and pregnancy sex a little bit more because I don't think people really talk about it. And it's a fun thing to talk about. And I'm only saying that because in the hospital, when I was getting monitored the other day, the as I was having a speculum inserted into me, the midwife, who wasn't inserting the speculum, she was just assisting, she asked very bluntly when I last had intercourse. And I did tense up. I didn't know what to say. And I suddenly felt like I was going to get told off. Um, and so I... And I didn't remember the, I didn't know, I couldn't remember what day it was because all the days are blurred lately. And so I said, um, Wednesday? And she said, well, that was last night. And I was like, no, 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 not, not, not last night. Um, the, the, <laughs> the night, night, night before she was like, well, that might be the reason why you're getting this pain. And, um, I panicked and then I, I suddenly said, no, but it's, it wasn't that long. It was like a really short, um, it was like, cause the baby woke up and it was like, it was just like, <laughs> I was having to apologize for having sex and obviously she didn't mean it like that. She was basically just hinting that when you um, have sex, your stomach with a baby inside does weird things. Like it contracts into a ball or it might make the baby, I don't know, kick loads or I don't know. I don't know what your baby does when you have sex, but mine goes into a very hard ball. But anyway, this wasn't the pain that I was 
feeling and that wasn't why I'd gone into hospital. So I was panicking and was worried I'd done something wrong. Anyway, it made me think a lot about those questions you get asked and what people actually say. And I would like to talk about that a bit more. So thank you for listening. And I hope you're all well. If you're having any worries about your pregnancy, go in, get checked. You know, yes, you're going to have to have, you know, change your plans, have dinner a bit later, not go to that thing, but you'll feel better for being in there always. And hearing the baby's heartbeat, you'll always feel better. So just do it. Um, And I will speak to you really soon. Thank you for listening. And again, um, if you want to read any of my diary entries, um, they are on patreon.com forward slash cave sisters, along with lots of other stuff on there. So yeah, thank you so much and speak to you soon.